I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com. Riding the highway to the that dub. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Man, what a win. Jalen Brown, what's up, bro? What if Jalen Brown's listening to this podcast? Definitely not. He could be he, he could be part of the raccoon squad. What a there cheap are people, shot. There are people I wonder if there are people that hate listening to this podcast. Like I hate it, and so I'm just gonna keep listening to it. Jalen Brown would be one of those listeners today. He listens to it on like three times speed. <laughs> I think Jalen Brown is a brother. He <laughs> just goes right past. Oh man! Well, if you guys haven't caught on yet, this is a bonus podcast because the Mavericks beat the the Boston Celtics into the ground. <laughs> oh man! Was- the, Ma- the Mavericks are now six and one in their last seven games. Isaac Harris, the Mavericks are three and zero when wearing their City Edition jerseys. <laughs> Once again, I don't care if the Mavericks are wearing grass stacks to play the game. Uh, I don't. If it means they're winning, go for it. They won them again tonight. Boston wore theirs, right? That was their city edition. Yeah, the, with the gold trim and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work for them. You know, I've never really had not really hasty feelings towards Boston, but I've never really just been like, yeah, like kind of disgusted a little bit, but. And I was kind of like, it was kind of brewing inside of me of like, you know what? Ha ha. I'm glad you got beat. You I've had, I've had many feelings like that. <laughs> oh, oh yes, you have. Like yeah. yeah. Uh, the Celtics are now, I mean, they are, they're reeling. They are, they are just, they're four and one in their last five with losses against the, the jazz who are also reeling the Hornets, the Knicks, and now the Mavericks. The only win in that stretch was against the Hawks. <laughs> Um, since they beat the Raptors, they've basically just been, they've just been a shell of a team. Their offense is like, I think they're 27th in offensive rating. And after tonight, that's probably going to go down even more. And, uh, man, they're, they're just struggling, man. What we never really usually talk about the other team that much, but what did you see from Boston and what's, what's their big problem? They're missing Gordon Hayward tonight. Uh, Horford just came back from an injury. So they've been without him. He looks really rusty and not very good tonight. He just didn't look like he was in the flow of the offense at all. Um, Kyrie they was just, trying to I force think, some things, and it's just—it's a weird team right seem, now. Yeah, like I don't think they—they they seem like they're just having fun. They don't seem like they're having fun or they're enjoying playing basketball with each other. And it, it might sound like a cop-out answer, but like last year, it seemed like the the tidal wave was this Jason Tatum and oh my gosh, rookie year and Jalen Brown's second year and like these, you know, awesome wings. And I don't know if it was because Hayward was out and Kyrie was out and it was like this, hey, us against the world, we're not supposed to be here. So they just kind of bonded together. Or I don't know what it is. Or, I mean, a lot of people talk about this. When you have so many pieces that when they don't get their shine or they don't get the ball enough, that, you know, it just doesn't work and they're just not happy as a team and, but man, I don't know. Like Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown's the one. I mean, I was all on the Jalen board. I mean, J- Jalen uh, Brown 
train last year. And, I mean, I'm not saying I'm off of it now. I think he could be good, but it, just be on, like, maybe a different team because it just looked like he was – Jalen Brown looked like Jordan Finney-Smith two years ago tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of did. There's some solid defensive moments in there. There's some uh, some decent like offensive plays you know, every once in a while, but didn't really like light it up like you'd think. He's not the he's not the Paul George light like uh, Bill Simmons likes to say. Oh man, that's gonna be a bad take if he never recovers. Man, it's just it's there's their team is just so weird. Rogier just he, Rogier did not look good tonight. He he did not have <laughs> JJ Barea was lighting him up. And uh, he's had some bad moments. He got smacked in the face by Devin Harris's <laughs> elbow. <laughs> and I just don't think that he ever had any moments after that. <laughs> Maybe that took him out of the Which game. was weird because Harrison Barnes got called for a flagrant on that like two weeks ago on almost the same type of play. And they didn't even review the Devin play, which I was fine with. But still, it was kind of weird. Interesting. Well, the refs are all over the place. They're calling really weird things and they're not calling things and – Luca got some. He got a couple. He got a couple calls, but he didn't get. Um, man, he didn't get some of them where you're like, he just had two guys foul him at the same time, and guy <laughs> can't get a call. I know we talk about Luca Doncic every single podcast, and rightfully so because he is remarkable. But you know, I was walking out tonight, and you know, I just didn't like. Like, we, we talked about how good that we thought Luca would be this season. And just, like, we thought he'd be rookie of the year and all this stuff. But I thought he would be hovering around. Like, my, the biggest surprise to me is just him being able to score. And I know he scored. He's playing the second-best league in the world and all this stuff. But just him second being best able, league in the I mean, world. Second-best league in the world. I didn't know if we knew that or not. Um, but <laughs> just, just him at 19 years old, his rookie season – and that the fact that he can, like, efficiently go head-to-toe with, like, or toe-to-toe, however you want to say the same, with <laughs> – Head-to-toe he is, like, he, how you sleep in the same bed with, like, your cousin. Sleep. But the fact that he can go toe-to-toe with, with Kyrie Irving and the best scorers in the league, it's just, like, I just found myself just shaking my head tonight. I'm like – we're already at this point. You're already at this point, and, like, this is a much bigger conversation I wanted to have later on this week because we'll yeah. have time. But of how the Mavericks, I think their window is, like, now. And that you sh- they should be treating Luka Doncic on this rookie contract kind of like the Rams are with Jared Goff. Yeah. Or, you know, some like just how Patrick the Philly Mahomes. did with Ben – How yes, with – in Philly with Ben Simmons of Russell Wilson's the, concept, the best example of that. Yeah. Yeah. The concept that your best player, arguably your best player is on a rookie contract and he's that good already that now you have this window of you can spend all your money on the surrounding pieces and you need to go all in. And yeah, but that's a, that's a whole different conversation we can have, but. Well, let's have this, let's have a, let's have a, a shorter conversation about the idea that that best player Started at point guard tonight for the first time. For the first time, you know, I, I guess that he started specifically at point guard. And he looked awesome from the start. <laughs> and then they just really went away from it after that. I didn't feel like Luca was the point guard in any of the other quarters except for the first quarter. Am I wrong about that? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I, te- I texted you that first quarter. I said, I'm in love with this lineup. Like, <laughs> I was absolutely in love. And just how – I mean, Carlisle talked about it after the game, the link that they put around Luca. Uh, we finally got to see it. Like, this is what people have been just clamming for. Uh, instead of doing the uh, – I don't want to use cop out again, but, like, instead of just putting Brunson in there and just saying, all right, keep the same stuff, they really rolled with it. And Carlisle said after the game that – that Dennis was uh, Dennis was gone yesterday to a personal matter, and I think he was back home, and so he wasn't with the team yesterday. And they worked on this new lineup, and they knew he was going to uh, kind of be out for tonight. And they got to work on just defensive stuff, and it just, I mean, we saw it. And Finney Smith's ability to guard Kyrie Irving was that's that's the key, man. That. That matchup for for me that was the that was the key and I know Kyrie finished nineteen but like still like that was the key to everything and I think it could be the key to the future really and if you could if if Finney Smith because I've always kind of viewed Finney Smith as looks like defender but almost too big to really take on the point guards the faster point guards and him tonight gave me hope that man like he really really could be the long-term piece that could be next to Luca that could guard the point guards and all that. And I thought he played remarkable against Kyrie. Yeah. Kyrie in the second half, he was in the first quarter. He was one of five in the second half. He was four fifteen from the field. Wow. That's wild. And that is, this is going to be a bigger conversation is how you build a team around Doncic. And if you decide that he is going to be your primary playmaker in the offense, you're going to have honestly that, when when it was first announced that that lineup was gonna you know start it the lineup that started was Luca West Dorian Finney Smith Harrison Barnes and DeAndre when that lineup was gonna start somebody tweeted that to me and said what if they start this and I was like well I don't think Carlisle would do that because there's just not enough playmakers you know Harrison Barnes we talked about how he's just not a playmaker he 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 scores and he'll he'll finish plays but he's not like your you know, make a great pass, that kind of a playmaker. Wes Matthews, we've lamented his playmaking abilities. Dorian Finney-Smith's just not that kind of a guy. DeAndre has, you know, some playmaking ability, but um, he's not like a, you know, dribble drive and kick to somebody. You know, he's not going to move the offense around like that. And Carlisle has liked to have more than one player that can do that ever since, uh, I think, three years ago. They had this team where if if Darren Williams was out <laughs> – then you had like Wes Matthews running point for you sometimes because you just didn't have guys that can make plays or could they could go out there and, and make something happen. And so ever since then, it seems like Carlisle has over, overcorrected. And now we have these three point guard lineups that we joke around about all the time, but in a lineup with where Luca is the only is probably the only playmaker you you're okay with that lineup <laughs> because he's such a good yeah. playmaker and you, and, and now you have to start, you know, moving pieces and building pieces around him and decide if, you know, you want that to be how all of your lineups work with Luca out there. And uh, yeah, it's just interesting. It was very interesting. First, first half, very interesting. First quarter and uh, Dorian Finney Smith's defense. Like you, like you said, uh, that helps you because Luca, Luca still a minus defender, but he showed some flashes here and there of being, solid being decent uh he had he had a good play on morris today he had some good help defense where he came over and forced a, a jump ball with Kyrie. he had uh another moment where i think he, he came over for double and got a steal uh, he got another steal in transition he's, he's had some good plays around you know around he's a smart basketball player and if you're a smart player you're gonna get you know you're, you're gonna, gonna come up with some stuff um 
but and, yeah, having and you having a that, plus defender like Dorian is 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 massive. The conversation uh, really over the next couple of days, and you know, after tonight's game is man Dennis Smith Jr. and you know he was in his you know, street clothes there on, on the bench, and I can't you know like do you feel for him? Uh, the fact that they just played that first quarter, I was like, man, I wonder what Dennis feels like right now that they're playing so well. He can't, you know, he has to know that, you know, this is an option going forward of Luca playing the point guard spot and dominating the ball more. And, you know, this is the conversation that fans are having. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure you did too. I had so many, you know, multiple fans and I tweet at me saying, you know, should Dennis come off the bench? Oh my gosh, you know, like this should be the starting unit and blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, that's, that's going to be the question moving forward of, you know, what, what it's going to look like. Dennis is supposed to be back for the next game uh, in, in Houston, but it's going to be interesting to see how this rolls uh, moving forward. And, and especially, um, and it's kind of, and I want to say this, it's not really Dennis's fault, you know, like I don't really put it all on Dennis. And, or put, I don't even say majority of it. I just think it's a, it's a fit type of thing, you know. Like yeah, the, if they decide to go that route, like Dennis is, you're not saying it wouldn't be the team or even fans are not saying that Dennis isn't good. It's just Dennis needs, you know, would need the ball. He might need a system where he needs the ball more. Um, and so, like, it's not even a, really an indictment on who he is as a player. If they decide to go that route, we're not saying we're giving up on that at all. I think they could still work, but still. Yeah, it's just kind of a weird situation. It's not Dennis's fault. You can't like the word fault is not correct, but but Dennis's lack, you know, if Dennis was a much better player, this wouldn't be a conversation. But he's not. He's not there yet. He needs some more time. I think he probably needs more time with just him being the primary ball handler. And he's not going to get that. If you know, if, if this game showed anything, if this first quarter showed anything to the Mavericks that you know, Lucas should be your primary offensive initiator. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, the question about Dennis is massive and I, I do not want to be in Carlisle's seat right now, <laughs> trying to make that decision, trying to come up with you know, what he's going to do with that. Uh, let's hear from Carlisle now though. Let's hear from the man that will have to make that decision. And, uh, let's hear about what he thought. Let's hear what he thought about, um, the, the starting lineup with Luca and Wes and Dorian and, and Barnes and, uh, and Deandre Jordan. Well, I like the size. Um, it's certainly different. We were able to see it a little bit in practice yesterday. Because um, Dennis was not in practice due to a personal situation back home. Um, and so there, there's a lot of things to like about it. But, um, you know, I just I like our team in general. And I like our depth. And I thought tonight, I mean, Brunson being ready to come in and play big, big minutes in the fourth. You know, the steal, the, the finish, huge play, huge momentum play, defense under ring, you know, all those things. I, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a kid that's a, a professional and uh, solid as well. These guys played short minutes, 70 minutes, but they came in and, and, and really helped hold the fort against a team that's, that's dynamic and very dangerous and can strike quickly as, as we saw last year. How do you assess Luca's overall performance? Probably the most he's played as the only ball handler on the court this game. Uh, there were highs and lows. You know, there were a lot of positives, and you know, there's some things, there's some situations where you know he's maybe a little overzealous, trying to trying to do a little too much. Uh, 
But, you know, that's how you learn. And um, he was, uh, you know, he, he was, he stayed with it, like, you know, like all our guys do. And, uh, and in the end, you know, everybody had some kind of positive impact on this, on this win. So yeah, I mean he's he's got good points in that. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of size and Luca being your primary primary offensive initiator. We've said this before and we'll say it again. Him being 6-8 and being able to, you know, technically be your point guard allows you to play these big lineups that don't lack in the things that big lineups normally, you know, lack. It's these positionless lineups that the Celtics are, we're going to have one. <laughs> and apparently uh it's just not working as much for them this year. Yeah, and you, you look at uh, he. You know, he said right at the beginning. He said the size, and I talked a little bit ago about you know Finney Smith's defense on Kyrie and his his quickness and his ability at his size at that six seven with the long wingspan uh, to be able to guard somebody like Kyrie. You look at situations with point forwards, and you look at him. You know, I'm thinking of the you know the the main ones over the past couple of years. And look at how they surrounded him at that guard position. Uh, when you look at even Giannis right now in Milwaukee, yeah. uh, I feel like we would both agree that Bledsoe is a, a, a solid defending point guard. Would you agree? Now, yes. In Phoenix, no. But now, yes. Yeah. And, and, and now, with the Clippers, he yes. Can, he's kind of that bullish defensive uh, point guard. Yeah. When you look at, so you, you got to kind of think of one, you know, one of two angles to it of when you look at these point forwards of, can you have a defensive route to it like a Bledsoe or can you, can the, can the point guard be so good offensively and such a good shooter that it works too, AKA Kyrie playing off LeBron. Kyrie was such a good shooter and such a good scorer that he can play off of him. And that's where kind of Dennis is kind of in between. Of he's not like the defender that Bledsoe is, but he's not the offensive uh, genius that Kyrie is. To where it's like this in between game right now, and that's what Dallas has to figure out. Yeah, and he's he's just not the shooter. I think you know he's he's good offensively. He, you know, makes smart plays. He does good things. He drives. He attacks. But he's not the shooter. He he can catch and shoot well. He's shooting what thirty nine percent from three right now. So he's shooting well right now. But it's he's shooting what two or three attempts a game. He's just not the he's not the yeah he's just, <laughs> he's not just like the elite shooter that the Mavericks would need at that position. Maybe he can become that. Maybe he can hold on to this percentage and maybe he can you know keep doing it. I kind of have my doubts on that though. Uh, at least for this season, and 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 the Mavericks might not have the time to wait to wait out Dennis becoming a player like that. Like we that's the key early. to everything is is yes. What's what will be Dallas's timeline, and how much will they kind of like? I was I was listening to the Woj pod talking about Philly and the Markel Fultz thing of them saying, "Hey, it's kind of the Jimmy Butler." They they kind of just turned the page on it, like. Hey, we want to win now after the Jimmy Butler trade. No more of this experimenting with Markel Fultz crap. We're we're going to play TJ McConnell because that gives us the best chance to win the basketball game. And if that's where Yeesh. Dallas feels like they're at of saying, "Hey, we don't want to play this," you know, develop like you can try to develop and try to. We want to play the best lineup to win a basketball game. That's where it's going to get interesting. But I don't want this to be all about like. Once again, we said this ain't Dennis's fault. It's just this is a primary conversation that I had a long conversation about this set in courtside before the game tonight with someone. And this is a dominating conversation that has to be had because the Mavericks went to two, two really bad losing seasons to get Dennis and Luka. 
and how those two pieces fit is the biggest storyline uh, around this team for the, for the next you know couple years. So it's a conversation that has to be had all of the time. But um, but what about JJ Barrett tonight? Goodness, JJ Barrett, uh, twenty points, eight boards. 9 of 16 from the field. He was carving up everybody. I mean, how many layups did J.J. Bray have, like, just right at the rim? He made Terry, Terry Rozier, I mean, the fact that and he was in Kyrie's head in the second half, he hit that big three and, like, held his, you know, held the, held the arm out, and then DeAndre carried him to the bench. And um, just his ability. The past two seasons that J.J. Bray has had in Dallas, at this stage of his career, it's absolutely <laughs> it's <been amazing>. incredible. <laughs> I mean, you can't even, like, just at his age and his size and everything, like, I know I reference this a lot, but Melvin Hunt told me last year uh, and before a game, we were talking about the crazy athletes of today's game, and we're talking about the Giannis and all these people, and he said, people always look over J.J. Barea, and he said, J.J. Barea is one of the best athletes that we've seen in the game of basketball in the past you know, decade or however long, what he does at his size is just absolutely amazing. It's incredible. Uh, Devin Harris also had another really good night, nine points, uh, four rebounds. He, had, he was plus 15. He led the team. Uh, he had another charge. He, I love when Devin Harris gets a charge. It seems like he gets one every single home game. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Uh, let's see. We got a couple more minutes. Who else? Do we think had oh Harrison Barnes another you know a great twenty point night he had five threes again for the second night in a row uh, you'll hear from Harrison Barnes we'll we'll play his uh, his post game audio for you at the very end so you'll be able to hear Harrison, from Barnes, Harrison Barnes did not I'm pretty sure he didn't play any of the fourth quarter two seconds uh, is, according to NBA.com you played two seconds in the fourth quarter I don't know where uh, which <laughs> yeah I don't think uh, it Rick talked about it after the game and he said hey. Um, just what he was on pace for if they kept the same rotations or like when he would normally bring him back in in the fourth, uh, he would be pushing 40-minute game. Yeah, he and played he said, 30 minutes yeah. already in that game. He didn't play any in the fourth. Yeah, so he was like, just with the with the guys that we had out there, and he said we were playing well, I just liked to keep him in. So it sounded like it was just a, hey, I'll ride the hot hand, but, um, you know, getting some rest and stuff at the same time too. But he still had a, he still had a great game. And uh, very efficient shooting, hits his shots, uh, three boards and three assists. We're getting we're getting some improvement in that area. We're getting some stuff from Harrison Barnes. Uh, and speaking of Harrison Barnes and assists, oh my gosh, Luca, these cross court passes where he just finds Barnes in the corner and like just it almost looks like he puts spin on the ball where the ball like moves in the air. Maybe it's just the camera angle, but those those passes are amazing. I don't I don't see how he, I know I know Luca six eight, but. I just don't see how he can see those passes and how he reads them and how he just knows that. And not only does he like know that they're there, but they're hardly ever off target. Like that's the thing. Like, yeah, if you know, somebody's over in the corner, you just like launch it over there and they might have to like stumble and catch it or whatever it is. They're almost always on target to where they can shoot the ball. And that, that, that part's insane. And, and Harrison been able to hit threes at the, a high clip like that, hitting five threes again. That's his key of, moving forward uh, al- alongside Luca and being able to hit that shot. And yeah, uh, Harrison's playing, playing really well right now alongside Luca. Yeah, that's massive. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith, we talked about his defense earlier. Let's hear from 
Uh, Rick Carlisle about Dorian Finney-Smith, his defense, and the team's defense. Speaking of the defense, how'd you feel? What'd you think about Dorian's defense on Irving from the opening tip? Well, it's a, it gives Irving a different look. He's usually got the smaller guys on. Um, defensively, size is always an asset, uh, particularly if you can get a wing-type player on a point guard who's a dynamic guy like Irving. Um, Dodo's got really good tools. He, he moves well. He's got the length and he's got great anticipation. So, you know, he fought hard and, and we were doing a lot of switching tonight too. Our big guys scrambled around and um, and covered up well also. And so, uh, you know, the, the credit goes all around to our guys. And uh, so okay, I'm very happy for them. It's, it's been a, it's been a good run here, but they've, they've worked to earn, you know, their way back to 500. All right, so he, he gave the credit to everybody at the end. But, uh, you know, praise Dorian Finney-Smith and his defense. And, you know, sometimes I think he had a good point where he said putting a wing on a, you know, a smaller guy sometimes gives them a different look and kind of shakes their rhythm. You know, they're not used to a guy that's towering over them, you know, be, or guarding them. And so maybe he just threw Kyrie off his rhythm a little bit tonight. And uh, I'm interested to see when NBA.com comes up comes out with their matchups, um, how, you know, Kyrie did when guarded by Dorian Finney-Smith specifically. Yeah, and, you know, it kind of surprised me coming off the bat because when they announced the starters, I was like, uh, or they announced that Dennis was going to be out. Uh, I was thinking about it, and I said, you know what? Like, okay, Wes is playing because Wes and Dennis were both questionable. I'm stuck in traffic right now, and there's a big wreck. So people, so police officers and everything, everybody keeps on going past me. So <laughs> some people are listening to this podcast going down the road and they're freaking out looking for sirens right now. And uh, <laughs> it's really throwing them off. But, uh, but no, like I was surprised that West didn't get that assignment. And yeah, I, I, was thought, surprised too. I thought with, with West playing, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, this is kind of counter Dennis being out. Like, uh, you know, West can guard. Cause I originally, I'm like, well, if West and Dennis is out, they're just going to put Brunson on Kyrie and just roll with it or what. And, so anyway, but Finney Smith came out and guarded him, and I, you know, they had to be expecting West to be guarding Kyrie. You have to think that that Brad Stevens was thinking about that. But, but on the other end, my goodness, the president, Brad Stevens, the best coach in the league, some yeah. say, what are you doing putting Kyrie Irving on Luka Doncic? <laughs> how, I mean, how do you how do you how like how do you come to that conclusion? Like, when did I Kyrie think if you, I Beverly? honestly think. I honestly think if you overthink it and you try to put you know, like the Warriors sometimes do this or the Rockets were doing this in the playoffs where you expect a pick, you expect a screen. And so you overthink and you put the worst defender on the guy initially because you just assume that a screen is going to come every time, but then you just automatically have didn't. your mismatch. Yeah. But like when you, when you continuously get torched, like I just didn't understand, like you have Jalen Brown, you have the Morris brother, like you have, Jason Tatum, like, you have anybody out there on that court besides Kyrie to throw at him? Like, put Kyrie on Dodo. Like, I just didn't I, – I didn't understand that at all. I wasn't complaining, uh, but I didn't understand it. And the chippiness of the game was very interesting. Yeah. And uh, just from the – you know, it seemed like Kyrie – it seemed like the whole team got mad. I think Berea uh, talked about it after the game. He talked to the media, and uh, uh, he said that, you know, they were getting mad. And, uh, you know, it's like – I don't know, like, when these teams, 
is it jealousy? They get mad about this, you know, rookie coming in here and putting up points on them, and they got a little mad about it. And you know, the Jalen Brown check on Luca. You know, it was probably a back and forth. It was it was a cheap shot by Jalen. Did Luca probably sell it a little bit? Yeah, he probably sold it a little bit too. But he could have got out of the way. I mean, he did really just stood there. You could see him duck his shoulder too. So that you know that was on Jalen Brown. I don't understand. Did they talk about on the broadcast the Marcus Smart thing at the end? What happened there? What happened when Marcus Smart just completely walked behind Maxi and shoved him in the back? Yeah, I don't understand. Maxi was asked about it kind of off the record uh, after the game, and he didn't like talk about it at all, really. And but it's just, I, I just didn't know what happened, really. Yeah, I, I'd have to watch it again. I, I don't know. They didn't mention. They didn't really mention it that much on the broadcast. Um, a <laughs> couple other things of note from this game: the chippiness you mentioned. Um, DeAndre Jordan shot a technical free throw. Yes. Uh, Rick Carlisle was asked about that at the very, very end of his press conference when he was walking out. And I think it was Tim McMahon uh, jokingly asked him, hey, was that the plan for him to shoot that free throw? And Carlisle, while walking out, turns around and looks at him and says, DeAndre Jordan's our best free throw shooter on the team. Outside of Salah, <laughs> who's two for two. That's great. That's so great. And then J.J. Barea hits hits a three to uh, make the Mavs go up 14 or 13 or something like that. And DeAndre Jordan, like after J.J.'s pose, DeAndre picks him up and carries him all the way back to the bench. Yes. What a great moment. <laughs> carries him like a baby. It was a... Uh... It was an awesome. He carried moment. him like uh, he was a, like a statue of a Greek god. Like he picked him up like how you would pick up a statue. Like you have to like grab it with both arms and lift it up and up against your body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He carried it like that and put him on the bench. So funny. Shout out to DeAndre for uh, being a rare player to get two technical fouls and stay in the game. Yeah, it's not it's not often that you can do that. But he got a technical foul called from. Uh, earlier when he was upset that somebody knocked the ball out of his hands and thought he got fouled. And then uh, I think in the second quarter, he got called for hanging on the rim. And according to the broadcast, according to follow well and skin, if you you know get called for hanging on the rim, it does not count against you for your technicals. So there's a chance somebody out there has probably gotten three technicals in a game or more. I'm pretty sure. Not that this is a name to bring up right now. I'm pretty sure Dwight Howard got thrown out for uh, two technicals. Uh, in a game back maybe like last year or something that in the NBA came out and said he shouldn't have been you know ejected for that because of this situation so now the refs are uh, more aware of it now Dwight Howard is getting all kinds of things thrown at him right now and uh, we will leave you with that <laughs> all right let's hear from uh, Harrison Barnes and then we'll uh, we'll finish this up uh, I always love winning I mean that's that's the most important thing uh, <laughs> I thought from start to finish, I mean, one through one through 15. I mean, came out, tied together, but a great game. You guys are back to 500 for the first time in a month. What does that mean to you? I mean, it means a lot. I think after the way we started, you know, things were things were tough. I mean, we were, you know, everyone was trying to, you know, do the right thing, but we couldn't couldn't get to couldn't get together, couldn't do it as a cohesive unit. And since then, I feel like we've bounced back and and we've been. You've been building in the right direction. This is back-to-back games for you with five three-pointers made. Uh, what's gotten into you from out there? Man, I was watching some of your old tape, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You wouldn't be making uh, that minute. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, nah, just, you know, sticking with it, continuing to get the shots. I mean, those are the ones that are kind of coming in the offense. So, you know, you just got to take them. And I've um, been feeling good about it lately. Are you back now fully, 100%, do you feel like? Yeah, you know, I feel good. Um, you know, I don't really feel like there's anything lingering from the injury. So, you know, it feels good to just be, you know, in a rhythm and a flow physically. And, you know, it's good to continue to build off um, just feeling good, you know, every single game. Carlisle okay. said you guys are playing edgy, edgy with an edge and all that. What does that mean to you? Uh, you know, we're, we're an emotional team. I, I think, uh, you know, it's been working in our favor. Um, early in the season it wasn't, but right now it's, it's, it's working well. Um, I think everyone's just coming out. And we're playing hungry. We know that in the West, um, even though we're 9-9, nine and nine, and even though it feels like we've been winning a lot of games, you know, we're still, you know, out of the playoff picture. So, you know, we know we have a long way to go, and I feel like guys continue to, uh, stay hungry. Talk about, six the, in it. Go ahead. about the way that JJ has really stepped up these last three games. I mean, all season long, but what he's contributed to you guys, especially down the stretch in these tight games. I mean, JJ is, I mean, he's been great for us. Um, you know, just, you know, a guy that can always come in and, and be ready. I mean, you know, he runs that second unit well. I mean, he plays with the starters. You know, he, he blends with us almost seamlessly. Um, you know, his ability to score, but also, you know, play make, you know, has been great. So, um, yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal for us all year. You won six in a row at home. How, does, how do you translate this on the road? That's, that's the biggest challenge. Um, you know, at home, we're, we're an unbelievable team. On the road, we've been atrocious. So, I think that's that's the biggest challenge, especially going to Houston. Uh, you know, it's a big game for us. So, and we have to bring that same edge that we've started off games with here, you know, on the road. How do you think that starting lineup with Luca playing point guard and three long ranging wings uh, and DeAndre played together tonight? Uh, you know, we, we got to a good start. Um, I think defensively it helps a lot. We can switch. And um, I think the theme of this year has just been the ability to adapt. You know, whether Dennis plays next game or not, uh, you know, we have to be ready to. Uh, both lineups have to be ready. Um, you know, guys stepped up big, whether it's Jalen Brunson or Salah getting more minutes. But I thought, you know, for the most part, we've done well. All right, guys, there you go. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Harrison Barnes, hearing us react to this uh, this Mavericks game. We'll break it down <laughs> further on the Monday pod. And, man, guys, thanks so much for listening to the Mavericks podcast. The Lockdown Mavericks podcast has been blowing up. Our numbers keep increasing. Um, man, we just thank you guys. We really can't, t- can't tell you enough how much we thank you. Really, I mean, we we really can't. We, we talk about this a lot, and we say thank you a lot, but – Seriously, I mean, I go obviously I go to home games a lot, and I can't go to a home game without talking to somebody about the podcast and somebody coming up, whether it's a team employee or another media person or a fan or something. Uh, literally, talk about you know the pod, and it's it's so cool uh, just seeing Mavs fans uh, rally around the podcast and allowing us uh, to really come into your lives. Uh, it's it's been a cool ride. We appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Boom. Back to 500. Yeah.